Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Fit for Life. I'm Pastor Linnea. And I would say, hello, Zoom, but we don't Zoom here. <laughs> but hello, stream family. We don't. We stream sometimes. I don't know if we're doing it today. Uh, we're doing in the time of counting the Omer, so I am teaching today on uh, counting the Omer journey. Um, today is the 17th day, which is two weeks and three days, and counting the Omer. Each week, the Jewish community follows and meditates on seven conscious emotions or sephirot. Uh, and this is what they are. Uh, aspects of love, aspects of restraint, aspects uh, or emotion of compassion, uh, emotion of endurance, humility, bonding, and nobility. And when I was studying this, I, I was going through all of it, and I'm like, wait a minute. Jesus showed us and demonstrated every single one of these things during his lifetime. And it's like, wait a minute, why are they, you know, why are they so important? Yes, we always have them. God put them inside of us. But um, it's like, okay, so Jesus showed us how to do each and every one of these things. And watching the chosen, um, you could see that. Sometimes we hear or see movies about Jesus and they don't show him being real. <laughs> and, and in the chosen, it shows him being real and the disciples. And I'm like, oh my gosh. He's like, they're getting all wound up and, you know, being negative, And he just, you know, lovingly just turns it all around to get them to get in line with what, <laughs> what he wants and how he wants them to react. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of like us. <laughs> So it's kind of like us. Okay, God, I see what you're doing, but okay, let me check with your word first to see what that says and how I should be thinking. And then, okay, now I have to realign my mouth <laughs> and my thoughts with what your word says. And, and it's so easy for us to get off on that. And uh, us as Judeo-Christians, we need to as well meditate and conquer these emotions to connect us on a higher level with godliness. And I'm like, if we can conquer all these emotions that we carry around and just let fly everywhere sometimes, we need to conquer those things and bring them into subjection to God's word, which brings us to a higher level where God wants us to be so we can actually tap into his holiness and keep us on a straight and narrow. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. Now, I never thought about... Um, counting the Omer, we talk about different things, but I never thought about each week there's something different, a different emotion that we should be thinking about and uh, making sure that we're aligning it to how God wants us to use it. And I'm like, well, you know, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> so before we get started, I'm going to say the beginning prayer that's said before the meditation, and then at the end I'll say the ending prayer on what the Jewish community is doing right now during counting of the Omer. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'alam asher ketzanu bevitzvutah vitzivenu nehat lik 
al-Sefarat ha-Omer. This is it in English. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us concerning the counting of the Omer. We count the Omer uh, not because we choose to do it. We count it because God instructs us to do it. And I know I'm like everybody else. I didn't do it all the time. <laughs> but it's like, okay, when I was studying, I was like, oh, my gosh. Because I studied before, and Scott teaches on it, too, in Torah. It's like, okay, I am supposed to do this. This is just like the feast of Passover, the feast, you know, of the, you know, unleavened bread and, you know, all the rest of the feast. He gives us that guideline. And it's like, why did we omit this? But not too many people teach on counting of the Omer and why we should be doing it. So I was like, oh, God, forgive me. <laughs> I guess I'll start doing it now. But one thing I um, thought about, it's like he tells us to do it for a reason, to keep us in line with his word and what's going on in his order of things for our lives. And I'm like, First, I was like, how does counting of the Omer? And you think, okay, week one, week two, counting. The, I'm saying, you know, my regular, thank you, God, we're counting the And then I studied it deeper, and I'm like, okay, we have these emotions that we have that God put in us for a reason, and we're supposed to be thinking about those. <laughs> thinking about them and saying when it comes up inside of us, because they do on a daily basis through all of our life, what are we going to do with them? How are we going to grab a hold of them and not let them get out of control and control us when we're supposed to be controlling it? And you think about that, it's like, man, it's so easy just to let that go. I mean, it's like, okay, it's an emotion. You, you feel it coming. <laughs> and we never think about, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> let me get control of that emotion because maybe I'll say something or do something that I shouldn't be doing or saying and then what? You know, it's out there. You can't take it back. And, and you're out in the left field when you should be in the right field. <laughs> so it's like, oh, my gosh. So um, the counting is considered, it's considered a mitzvah and is preceded by a blessing. But if when I was studying this, it says in, the, you know, in their tradition, in the order that they count it and how they meditate on it and study it, if you miss counting the Omer at the beginning, you can say the prayers, but you cannot say the blessing. So you miss out on the blessing that goes along with counting of the Omer. And I'm like, wow. That's, it's like, God, that's not fair. <laughs> but I guess it is <laughs> because it's his order, not my order. <laughs> Sometimes we need to remember that. Okay, God. I'm supposed to do your order and how you want things are not what I think that I should be doing. And, hey, I want that blessing, but, but I missed it. So, And how many times do you think that you totally just miss things that God has for you because we just don't know or we just brush over it? Oh, I'm doing this, but okay, I think I want to do it or I'll think about doing it. <laughs> but in, in actuality, we should be doing it. 
And I'm like, whoa, Lord, I can't say the blessing. And then I was like, oh, man, that kind of hurts that I'm missing out on a blessing that God has for me when he told me I needed to do this. And I just made up my own mind to be human (laughs) and miss it. And it's like, oh, man, Uh, it's demonstrated what it does. We count them for a a number of reasons or everybody does uh, because it demonstrates the thrill that the Jewish people have getting the Torah. And sometimes it's like, okay, so how did they feel when they were going to get the Torah? First of all, they didn't know they were going. <laughs> Moses was just taking them to the promised land. But then when they got to Mount Sinai, then, you know, and Moses went up in the mountain, and I, that probably stirred some things up in them. And uh, so they were probably excited, those that were really, truly following. And I thought about, how does that feel? Let's see, does it feel like a child when they know school's getting out for the summer? <laughs> Or for us, would it be like I'm looking at the clock and I'm counting down the hours or the minutes to when I get out of work? <laughs> so there's got to be something like that, especially when you know you have a long weekend or <laughs> I'm going on vacation. <laughs> so I thought that's probably I can connect to that part of it and think, OK, that's probably how they felt. I'm getting something from Almighty God and, and the thrill of it. And um, it helps us. To remember that uh, it's a time for us to prepare for refinement. He's refining us every day, really. But during this time, we're more honed in on the order of the things that we need to be refining, which is our emotions. And I never even really thought about that, that I need to control my emotions. (laughs) It's like, okay, there's a lot of things I can control, but... You just get excited. You have this emotion. You're happy. You're sad. You, you know, how does that line? And I never thought to just think about that and how it lines up with God's will for us and his word. And I'm like, every single part of our lives, he's got something for us. And I'm like, man, I mean, no part of my life is without God knowing and has something for us in that special moment to change us, to build us, to refine us, to get us to where he wants us to be holy. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, God, you you are so good. And I need to be thinking, we all need to be thinking of every single thing that we do in our lives is connected to God's holiness. It's connected to the order that he created for us so that we can live a good life. And I'm like, man, every single thing. And it's like, man, he leaves nothing unturned. He leaves nothing to the imagination. He sets it all out for us. We just have to remember, we need to do that. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I got it now, I think. (laughs) Just as many of the Jewish people um, assimilated into immoral ways, we see that now uh, with the, the Egyptians. And they sunk to a level of... Uh, spiritual defilement. And God miraculously, through all of that, all the things that they did, he miraculously redeemed them and they underwent a a spiritual uh, rebirth and uh, ascended to to the holiest collective state that they've never received and or reached. And that's where we are. That's where we are. That's what happens to us when we get saved. We've Sometimes think, okay, I got saved. I said the prayer. Uh, but when we invite Jesus in our hearts through Christ, we have been miraculously 
set free and have entered to a whole new world that we could have never thought of on our own, a whole new world of potential impossibilities. What is it that I can do for myself, but what is it that I can do for God that I never knew that I could do? We have received resurrection power, and sometimes we hear that Jesus gives us resurrection power. He did this because he resurrected, but we don't always think of that same power that raised him from the dead is now inside of us. And I thought, wow, because I thought, I never thought about it that way. Yes, God raised him up. He gave Jesus power to raise himself up and come out of that tomb. Hallelujah. And I just never thought that, okay, now that same power is in me. So what is it that I can do that we don't even think of that we can do? Because that same power that took him out of that tomb, we have it now. And I thought, man, God, that is so good. No matter what's going on in my life, whether I'm thinking I can't make it through or what am I going to do, that power is inside of me and I can change whatever's going on. And I'm like, God, you are so good. <laughs> you are so good that I, I now I know no matter what's happening around me, I have that power inside of me that I can do anything. And when we keep that in the forefront of our minds, our lives can be totally different than we ever thought it could be because everything doesn't look like it's going to work out. But wait a minute, I got that power. <laughs> Jesus gave it to me. God gave it to me. And Jesus perfected it. And it's like, man, he gave us an example. He used that power that God gave him to raise himself up. So what can we do with that power that he gives us? And I'm like, God, it's, a, it's amazing. No matter how much you study, no matter how much you read, you always get something different. <laughs> you always get something different. Sometimes we read and go, how, how does that relate to me? I'm going through this. <laughs> but when, but you, when you keep studying, I just think about it and say, God, open up my mind so that I can think about what you're trying to tell me because I don't want to think on my own level because <laughs> your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts higher than my thoughts. So drop your thoughts into my mind so I can get what you're trying to tell me because right now I'm draw, drawing a blank. <laughs> and you know he, what? He said he's faithful to do it. He is faithful to do it. Philippians 3.10 says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which, is, which it exerts over believers, and that I may to so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed. And I'm like, that power, it has been exerted over those who believe. And how much do we believe? Do we really believe that we have that power that we can use? I mean, we have to ask ourselves that all the time. It's like, hey, I'm a lowly human being. I can't do everything. <laughs> and we hear that all the time. Well, you can't do everything. But with God's power inside of us, we can do whatever he 
allows us to do. We can do whatever his word says that we can do. And sometimes we overlook that and it's like, man, okay. So every time I want to do something, I'm going to say, God, you need to empower me. You need to let me know what it is that I need to do to fulfill what you have for me, that destiny, that power that you put inside of me. How can I use that in this situation? And, and it says, you know, so you may share in his sufferings to be continually transformed. And sometimes change in our lives and change in our thinking is like suffering. <laughs> because we go, I don't want to do that. <laughs> or I'm not used to doing that. I can't do that. And it's like, okay, it, okay suck it up, Lydia. <laughs> I used to tell my kids that all the time. You're okay, suck it up. <laughs> So now it's like, okay, now it's time for me to suck it up and say, okay, God, you said I can do it. So I am just going to believe what you're telling me, and I'm going to suck it up and just do what you're telling me to do. And sometimes that's painful. (laughs) Change is painful. We don't want to do it. We want to be comfortable. (laughs) But it's like during this uh, 49-day period, the Jewish people, they underwent a radical transformation, and so do we. And I thought about, it's, it's pretty radical. I remember when I got saved, and it was pretty radical, how, how I just like, okay, I'm this way now. I just received Jesus and just totally changed. I mean, we got rid of our TV. We got rid of our music. We, you know, every time the church doors opened, we were there. We were just hungry for whatever God had for us, whatever he said. And, uh, and then when Scott decided he wanted to um, go to a ministry training school, and I'm like, want to be a pastor's wife what are they thinking about what I saw that I thought they did and then it's like and people talking about a pastor I don't want to be a pastor what a, <laughs> you know what but God totally changed it my thinking around the more I dove into his word and it's like okay it's not what I thought it was and okay is this really what I want to do because really I know I'm a teacher and, but it's like, okay, but they give you this pastor, <laughs> but really you have a little bit of everything in you when you get into the ministry. God anoints you with all kinds of things. And it's like, why am I here? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> and it's like, God, if you can use anything, use me. Because <laughs> he can, I was, I think I was in uh, yesterday at the, our meeting. I said, when we pray, you know, it's not what we want, it's what God wants. And I say, he can make the chair pray. I mean, just think about that for a minute. He can make the chair pray. So what can he do for us? He can do anything. And we just have to say, God. Just use me whatever way you want to use me. And he has, and he still is. And, and when I you know, get in here and study and I'm like, okay, how does that relate to me? How can I express that? <laughs> you know, he gives me the things to say. And I'm like, thank you, Lord, because I never would have thought of that. <laughs> or, or what in my life can I relate you know, to, to say different things? And he, he's always faithful. And I, and I just thank him so much for that. Growth begins during the counting of the Omer. Um, Not only begins there, it always begins as soon as we get saved, but God's order starts when we count the Omer. And actually, because when we get saved, we don't even know his order. 
we don't even know half the things in the Bible. <laughs> so it's like, okay, where do I start, God? <laughs> and he shows us order in the Bible, but we always miss it because it's not always taught that this is the order of God. This is what you do after you get saved. Here's step one, get baptized. Now you need to get and change your stinking thinking. <laughs> we need a checkup from the neck up. We need to renew our minds because we don't know. <laughs> and sometimes we forget that and, and, and we don't even know it. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, God, I'm ready to change. Where do I start? And sometimes it's like a marathon. If you've ever done any kind of sports or anything, you have to train. You have to know what you have to do to reach your goal. And sometimes you give up a lot. I know I was a competitive swimmer, and so my friends were out partying and everything. I'm like, well, I can't go. I got to meet the next day. You know, so I, you give up a lot that you normally would do just to be ready to reach the goal that you're striving for. And it, it's amazing that how much work it takes. <laughs> and, and you think about how much work it takes to, you know, be a dancer or be a swimmer, be a track star, be a football, any of those things. Tennis, look how much they work. Look what they have to do every single day. Well, we should be like that. We should be like that and to learn God's word, to follow. How, what's our journey? And during the counting of the Omer, this is what it is. Okay, I have to meditate on this emotion. I have to bring it into subjection to God's word. And I have to read his word so I know what it says. <laughs> because it, especially, and if you're praying for people, how are you going to pray if you don't know what the word says? How are you going to pray effectively or correctly to get what you need done in your life? And so God answers our prayers. That's why, you know, Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face. And it's like, how do we do that, God? You pray. And it doesn't have to be this humongo prayer. <laughs> Sometimes we think that, okay, I don't know how to pray. Just talk. You know, and he, he's faithful to hear it. He hears it. He knows who we are. He knows what we need already. He just wants us to need him and to partner with him and let him know, okay, God, I need this. I need finances. I need, I need a new house. I need, I need healing. I need these people who are bugging me to have their mouths shut. <laughs> Change their thinking, Lord, you know, <laughs> because it's making me, you know, this emotion is going to come up and I, and I don't know how it's going to end. <laughs> so help me out here, you know, and he's faithful. He is faithful. I think I did that one time. I was so mad at some people. And I told them, say, God, shut their mouths like you did Elizabeth's husband. <laughs> and the scary thing was when I came in the next Sunday, they were both hoarse and couldn't talk. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> okay, God, you can let them talk now. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I mean, that happened. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> how weird was it for both of them who don't even know each other or live together both of them were hoarse and couldn't talk <laughs> I mean okay <laughs> you will do what you say you will do <laughs> and when things like that happen it's like God 
he he really hears us. And whether it was coincidence or whatever, it's like I prayed it. <laughs> And came here, and it actually happened. I'm like, OMG, okay. <laughs> I said, God, you hear my prayers and you answer them. Thank you, Jesus. I said, but, <laughs> but you can let them talk now. <laughs> I mean, just to feel that, and it's like, I really did that. And then it's like, I, I don't want that to happen to them. Let, let, let them talk. <laughs> Heal them. <laughs> but when you get mad and that emotion comes up, you can say anything. And then we counteract it, God. Bring it back. <laughs> but it's like, oh, my gosh. So we get to do work on all of our negative attributes <laughs> and challenge ourselves on doing acts of kindness. And so I could have just said, God, change their minds. <laughs> Instead of let them shut their mouth. <laughs> and doing charitable work. And during this time and after, we should hold ourselves to the highest possible standards. And I was talking about that yesterday. You know what? We are the standard bearers. Nobody's going to hold us accountable except God, but we need to hold ourselves accountable. And then when other people see us holding ourselves accountable, we will influence more people than we could ever think of because we are the God's standard bearers and Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief and he tells us what to do, amen? Sometimes when you look at that and you think about it, okay, I want to be more holy. How do I be more holy? I want to follow God. You know, I want a deeper relationship. How do I do that? And then I remember, or you remember like, okay, this is where I was. This is where I am now. I never want to go back to where I was. And sometimes we need to remember that when we get lazy because <laughs> we want to rest. <laughs> but the enemy never rests. He never rests. He's always looking for a way to, you know, get us confused or cause chaos in our lives or, you know, take money that we don't have. <laughs> and it's like, God, you know, why is this happening? Okay, I need to get my mind right and God... You need to step in to help me turn, to help turn this thing around because this is what you want me to do. And I want to do what you want me to do, but I need those finances back. <laughs> or, you know, or I need to be healed. This, this vessel, if you want to use it, you have to tell me what I have to do to keep it in shape so I can run the race. <laughs> and, so, and that's hard sometimes. That is hard. And, and it's like, man, God, just... I don't want to go back to how I was. I don't want to have those traits come back up when I already got rid of them. But, you know, the enemy comes to drop those things back in your mind all the time. And we have to say, devil, I see you. And I'm not going back there. <laughs> and keep moving forward. Uh, ancient Jewish wisdom says there, there is none as free as he who totally is involved with the Torah. You're only free when you know exactly what God says and are able to do it. Totally involved. The Bible contains God guidelines. Sometimes we think, okay, he has this list in here for me to follow, or people are telling us a list we need to follow. But it's God's guidelines for living a successful life. And when we really believe that and really think about it that way, it makes it a whole lot easier to change, a whole lot easier for us to say, okay, God, I know this is 
not going to feel the best <laughs> for me because I like it. <laughs> but I am going to do it anyway because your word tells me I need to do it. And sometimes it's like, oh, my gosh. I would love to live with no boundaries and no restraints. <laughs> but the Bible tells us we have boundaries. But in our prayer life, there's no boundaries because we can do anything with God. But in our own lives, we have to set boundaries and have restraints on our lives so we don't fall into what the world is doing. And we see that, you know, happening right now all the time. Everybody's about I, I, I. They're so flesh-centered, self-centered, and nobody's thinking about anybody else, and they don't care. And I'm like, sometimes I, I hear that stuff, and I see it on TV, or, and I'm like, how can actually a human being do that to somebody else? Or why are people killing each other? You know, or strangers just going around and killing people they don't even know. And it's like, where's their thinking? What are they thinking about? Well, they're not. And it's like something had to influence them for them to even think to do something like that. And I said, man, the devil is working so hard and people are confused and it's just chaos. And, and that just shows us they don't have control of their mind or their thoughts. That something can be dropped in their mind and they just let it go. They just let it go to where it consumes them, you know, how they think, what they're going to do. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Because once you get saved, like we have, when stuff comes in our mind, we go, wait a minute. Why would I be thinking that? Or, you know, wait a minute, what does the Bible say about that? Bring all those thoughts into subjection. He told us that. So why don't people do it? <laughs> and it's like, man, I don't get it, God. But you know what? I don't have eye disease. The eye disease, the, you know, sin and pride, the middle letter is I. And I'm not going to be a flesh creature, as Scott would say. <laughs> flesh creature. And just think about me and nobody else. You know, I want to think about the people around me. I want to live a good life. I want to live a free life. But I also know in that freedom, there is boundaries and restraints. And I need to be in control of every aspect of my life, everything, every part of my being. I control. I control my mouth. I control my thoughts. I control what I do. And you see so many people out there now they just let everything go, and they have no control, and they don't, a lot of them don't even know it. A lot of them don't even recognize that they're out of control. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank you, Jesus, for giving us the word, for showing us how to do what we should be doing and apply it to our lives so we can live a life of freedom. Uh, and because when you live a life of sin, it's bondage. And it ends in, in death. And may, might not be physical death, but it could be. But it's spiritual death to where you know nothing. And I think about that sometimes. It's like, how can people live their lives and know absolutely nothing? They're just walking around this earth like robots. <laughs> they believe what they hear on TV. They believe what their friends tell them who are really not their friends. And sometimes it is their friends. And you, who's your real friend? <laughs> and you sometimes you have to uh, know who your friends are, and you still have to line them up with the Word of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
What are they telling me? How are they trying to influence me? Does that line up with what God tells me I need to be doing? And if it doesn't, either you need to tell them or you need to say, you know what? I can't hang around you anymore. And I've had to do that. Even some of my family members. I love you, but I will love you from afar because I can't be with you and hear all the garbage and go through all the stuff that I don't want to go through and I don't need to hear all that because once it's in there, it's in there. And I, and I don't want to go through that, you know. So I said, I love you, but see you later. <laughs> and sometimes you think about that with your friends and it's like, who's, who's really my friend? You know, and what is it that they're doing? You know, and being in places where situations where you could have gotten killed, thank God for his angels, thank him, thank him for you know, his protection that he has over us once we actually are saved, but even before we're saved because he knows where we're going and we don't. And I, when we, I was younger, I, was, I had a girlfriend whose boyfriend was a drug dealer and I would go over there all the time, you know, with her. And I'm like, now I'm thinking I could have been killed. <laughs> somebody could have come and raided that or or you know another drug somebody could have came just to steal his drugs and I'm sitting up in there and you know stupid <laughs> just with her hanging out with my friend <laughs> and not even thinking for one second I could be murdered or anything and I just you know thank you God for covering me <laughs> Thank you for covering our kids. Thank you for covering, you know, because when we're young, we just want to hang out and do what everybody else is doing. And, and, you know, and we could get in trouble. You know, how many people do you read about our kids hanging out with their friends and their, their friends shoot somebody? Well, now you're in trouble because you're with them, whether you did it or not. Now you're in trouble and you're in jail and they just don't think about that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Thank you for your protection, God. And, and, you know, and for him to even know way ahead that he's going to call us to do something for him. He's going to call us to get saved. He's going to call us to be in ministry or whatever, ministering to on your job. You can be a minister on your job. You can be a minister just being a part of the church. We're all really ministers because he's given all of us a task to do to build his kingdom. And, you know, and it's like, he knows, and thank you, Jesus, for being there, and God, for having your angels encamped round about us so that nothing evil befalls us because you know where I'm going. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and he gives us a testimony. John 3.33 says, whoever receives his testimony has set his seal of approval to this. God is true. That man has definitely certified, acknowledged, declared once and for all, and himself assured that it is divine truth that God cannot lie. And he says he will protect us. He says he's, he's known us from the beginning. He cannot lie. And when stuff happens like that, you go, God is true. <laughs> and there's nothing somebody can tell you to change your mind because you've experienced it. And so, you know, sometimes that's all we need to do to um, get somebody else saved. But let me tell you what God did for me. You know, and that's all we have to say. We don't have to say this humongo prayer or anything like that to um, even try to convince somebody to get saved because God's going to call them. He's calling everybody. 
They just don't always know it. Amen. During our journey, we must submit to God. And also we need to learn to resist the enemy and the evil inclinations of the flesh. And we see that and we feel that all the time. You know, all the time, our bodies want to do something different. (laughs) You know, our minds is telling us to do something different. And we might not think of it as evil, but if it doesn't line up with God's word, it's evil. (laughs) And and we don't always think about it that way. Uh, So it's like, okay, those inclinations are hidden sometimes in our heart. And eventually they will come out. And so, you know, when we think about certain things that God cleanse my heart, sanctify my heart. He's the God that sanctifies us. He can sanctify our minds, our heart, our words, everything, so that all we do is what you want us to do. Amen. Sometimes we get a a challenge of uh, we think we've done everything we can and we don't need to change anymore. That's a lie from the enemy because we are ever changing, always changing, And I am not getting through my notes, so I'm going to tell Nancy I want to continue next week (laughs) because it's so, so important. And I'm like, God, I I only got through two pages. (laughs) But let me list uh, the five C's because what people are doing right now, actually, I won't even do that. Um, But this week, we're supposed to uh, be meditating on compassion being compassionate to people. So remember that, and then I'll continue. (laughs) But let me end with the uh, ending prayer that uh, the Jewish community is doing and those of us that are counting the Omer that we should be doing uh, at the end of every week or every day, not every week, every day, when we study or think about these different emotions that we have and what we should be doing with them. Master of the universe, you have commanded us through Moses, your servant, to count Sephirot HaOmer in order to purify us from our evil and uncleanness. As you have written in your Torah, you shall count for yourselves from the day following the day of rest, from the day on which you bring the Omer as a wave offering. The counting shall be for seven full weeks. Until the day following the seventh week, Shall you count 50 days so that the souls of your people, Israel, may be, re- may be cleansed from their defilement. Therefore, may it be your will, Lord our God and God of our fathers, that in the merit of the Sephirat HaOmer, which I counted today, the blemish that I have caused in the Sephirah, Teferis, Sebi, Giverah, be recited and may be I purified and sanctified with supernatural holiness. May abundant bounty thereby be bestowed upon all the worlds. May it rectify our, our nefesh, ruash, and neshamak from every, past, every baseness and defect that may it purify and sanctify us with your supernatural holiness. Amen and selah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God, for purifying us each and every day. Thank you, Lord.